Salutations, and welcome to the Lenten Witness Project. Thanks so much for listening in today, and we hope that through these stories of God's presence in our daily lives, you'll be able to better see God in your day. Now then, please enjoy Gary's story. Hi, my name is Gary, and this is a short story of my marriage, one that seemed sadly and hopelessly doomed three months before our 28th wedding anniversary, was redeemed through faith, and is now into a joyful 35th year. This is my story about the grace I received in the darkness of my failing marriage, the painful recovery process that followed, and the peace I now have knowing that my wife and I can joyfully live together as broken people united in our shared love of Christ. My story starts in and on the streets of Chicago. The third son of a working-class Jewish family, I was born in 1955, bar mitzvah at age 13, and then my world went dark. I joined a gang, dealt and did a lot of drugs, and was a self-professed loner by age 14. I fought a lot, and dirty street fighter that I was, didn't lose many fights. Fast forward to 1980. I had somehow miraculously escaped from Chicago, never spent any serious jail time, had a mostly clean police record, an engineering degree, and was working and living in Indianapolis. I was convinced that God was good, organized religion was a joke, I could still rely on my street smarts to get by on my own, and my income was adequate to feed my drug habits without dealing anymore. I met my wife in September 1980 in Indianapolis. A gorgeous, self-made, independent new believer from rural Indiana, it was love at first kiss. We got engaged in November, married in January, and moved to Houston with no real idea who the person was that we had just exchanged wedding vows with. Neither of us had good role models for how to be in a good marriage. Her dad passed away when she was nine. My parents were in a long-term strained relationship. I was a can of gas, and she was a match. She knew very well how to remove the gas can cap on my life, and I knew all too well how to flame on. I cleaned up from drug use a year before trying to conceive our first child, and we were blessed with the birth of our son in Houston in 1983. We moved to San Antonio, where our daughter was born in 1985. Subsequent job-related relocations for me led us to St. Louis and ultimately the Denver area in 1997. I gladly relinquished the role of leading our kids into faith to my wife shortly after our kids were born. I attended church with them on most Sundays and was entertained by the Christian holidays of Christmas and Easter. Anger, impatience, volatility, and shouting matches continued to be the norm in how I led our relationship. Add my struggles with pornography, pride, insecurity, and self-professed loner skills, and there but for the grace of God, our relationship was still holding together. I became a make-believer in 1993, taking communion at the funeral of a good friend in St. Louis and naively thinking I could be a good Christian without Christian community, praying, studying the Bible, or meditating on God's Word. How well did that work for me? Well. The answer can be found in watching the house that we'd built on sand finally collapse in September of 2009. How painfully well I remember me shouting and cursing at my wife on a Wednesday night, her moving out on a Thursday morning, and the unbelievable sense of anger, loss, and failure I felt as I sat all alone in our home. 
I didn't know it at the time, but I needed grace in the middle of the nightmare of my failed marriage. Grace showed up for me in the form of a friend at work who challenged me to turn to the Lord instead of the other alternatives. In the form of my son, who was waiting for me when I returned from church that Saturday night and called me into accountability to man up in my marriage and faith. In the form of my daughter, who showed me unconditional love and support. In the form of my wife, who agreed to come back home and give it one more try with help through our church and their Christ-centered marriage counseling. In the form of other men in a marriage recovery program that were battling together to learn what it meant to be a true servant leader in their families. And finally, I found grace through the Lord revealing to me, through prayer and meditation, what it meant to be a true believer and not just a make-believer. Author Gary Thomas, in his book Sacred Marriage, opens with an in-your-face discussion that begins with, What if God designed marriage to make us holy more than to make us happy? Come on, Thomas, I thought when I first read that in my recovery process. You've got to be kidding. All I needed was respect, cooperation, frequent sex, and I knew I'd have a happy marriage. Then he had the gall to suggest, and I think suggest directly to me, that God can use my marriage as a discipline and motivation to help me love him more and reflect the character of his son. Rough reading in a marriage recovery journey, eh? And a good thing that Thomas didn't tell that to me when I was still on the streets in Chicago. In his book, Choose to Lose, Dr. Kelly Flanagan says that, in marriage, losing is letting go of the need to fix everything for your partner, listening to their darkest parts with a heartache rather than a solution. It's being even more present in the painful moments and in the good times. It's finding ways to be humble and open, even when everything in you says that you're right and they're wrong. It's doing what's right and good for your spouse, even when big things need to be sacrificed, like a job, or a relationship, or an ego, or an addiction. It's forgiveness, quickly and voluntarily. It's eliminating anything from your life, even the things you love, if they're keeping you from attending, caring, and serving. It's seeking peace by accepting the healthy but crazy-making things about your partner because you remember those were the things you fell in love with in the first place. It's knowing that your spouse will never fully understand you, will never love you unconditionally, because they are a broken creature too, and loving them to the end anyway. Talk about words being impactful for me. Thanks to Gary Thomas and Kelly Flanagan for the wise words that their book spoke into my life. Recovery and redemption in our marriage was a war cry called to true servant leadership in my relationship with my wife and in my life. It was about giving up on my selfish need to show my superiority through personal victories and humbly and sacrificially leading our relationship through serving her and others as Jesus did when he washed the feet of his disciples at the Last Supper and when he suffered and died for me on the cross. Tough old stuff for a street fighter like me from the streets of Chicago to accept. I am now joyfully committed and convicted to serve my wife out of devotion and obligation to the Lord, knowing that only he can fill the hole in my heart, not my wife. It's his blessings that I usually seek now, not my wife's, with the emphasis on usually because the old me occasionally rears his bald, ugly head. Serving her unconditionally does not mean I should ignore healthy boundaries, boundaries that are needed so I can avoid just turning into a doormat or turning the other cheek to invite a slap on the other side 
or angrily withdrawing when I let my pride and insecurity interfere with doing his will. The song Broken Together by Casting Crowns is one of my favorites that calls me into healthy conviction in my marriage. One of my favorite verses in the song says, Maybe you and I were never meant to be complete. Could we just be broken together? If you can bring your shattered dreams and I'll bring mine, could healing still be spoken and save us? The only way we'll last forever is broken together. And so, Lord, I close in acknowledgement and give thanks to you and your son, and give thanks that each day I have with my wife is a gift from you, another chance for a fresh start. Help me to forgive, Lord, not just once, but seven times seventy. Help me to never again let my past define my today or tomorrow. Help me to see your strength and my weaknesses today, and then again tomorrow, and every day after. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much, Gary. This concludes today's episode of the Lenten Witness Project. Check back in tomorrow for a fresh story of God's presence in one of our daily lives. Until then, let's all go be the love, the hope, and the comfort of Jesus Christ in our world. Thanks be to God.